Welcome to episode 44 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we're breaking down Monday Night Football as the Jets get blown out by the Browns and Odell Beckham Jr.'s return to the Big Apple. He electrified last night in New York, and we're going to break it all down. And then we give you our week two takeaways of the NFL season. Eli Manning, he's out as Giants quarterback. And then we're going to tell you which team should trade for Jalen Ramsey and that can easily turn into a Super Bowl contender with Jalen Ramsey. All that much more here on episode 44 of the Get More Sports podcast. Topics on topics, takes on takes here on episode 44. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, and then like and subscribe on YouTube. Always give me your comments on all of today's topics. I want to get all your takes right down below in the comments section. Light those comments up. But we have got lots to get into, so let's get it. Are you ready? And we're going to start with Monday Night Football, where the Browns, they go into New York, and they crush the Jets in OBJ's return to MetLife Stadium. He showed out. He had a big game. But to add insult to injury, you already have Sam Darnold. He's out with Mono, and the Jets, they lose their backup, Trevor Simeon. Miles Garrett done broke it at his ankle, and he looks like he's going to be out for an extended period of time. They're now down to their third-string quarterback in Falk, and it looks like the Jets, their only competition this year is with the Miami Dolphins for who's going to have the worst record in the NFL and who's going to get that number one pick in the draft. And I will say I did like those black uniforms. Those are clean by the Jets. But it's basically last night it was the Browns versus Le'Veon Bell. The Jets couldn't get anything going offensively. And if you look at their next four games, you got the Patriots, Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots. Murderers row for the Jets. They're going to start 0-6. Their season's over. Like I said, with the mono, with uh, Sam Darnold, you can kiss their season goodbye. And it appears that way. Now, the big subplot in yesterday's game. Now, I like the Browns going into last night's matchup. But I like them even better after defensive coordinator for the Jets. That's Greg Williams. You know, he has the reputation for being a little bit on the dirty side. He calls out Odell Beckham. And last night was an episode of when calling out OBJ goes wrong. Odell Beckham Jr. saying yesterday you coached dirty hits and that you told players to injure him in the preseason game in 2017. Odell who? Because OBJ was eaten all night against that Jets secondary. If you saw OBJ, 161 yards receiving. He averaged 26.8 yards per reception. Had that one-handed grab, his patented one-handed grab in the first possession. And OBJ, I'm telling you, love him or hate him, you have to watch Odell Beckham Jr. He's a special talent. He understands the moment. He knows he's in New York. He knows he's got to put on a show. And he did just that. I'm telling you, Odell Beckham Jr. is the swaggiest player in the NFL since primetime, since Deion Sanders. From the custom Nike cleats that say OBJ to the watch to everything he brings, I'm telling you, his swag levels are off the charts, and there's a reason why. He can back it up. On that 89-yard touchdown, he went 21.7 miles per hour. That's the fastest any player has run while scoring a TD this season, according to NFL Next Gen so when he puts on those afterburners, and he, he shows you last night, he was on display, afterburners, great hands, 
big plays without Odell Beckham Jr. last night. The Browns may have dropped that one to the Jets. Now, that was a great development. See that OBJ is that guy. And if you're the Giants right now, you're punching air right now. You're punching air because you trade away, to me, one of the best, if not the best, receivers in the NFL. Look, I know all about Julio Jones. I know all about DeAndre Hopkins. I know all about Antonio Brown. Of course we do. We've heard his name about 10 trillion times in the last couple of months. But to me, if you have any of those receivers right now, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, you take Odell Beckham Jr. He's only 26 years old. D-Hop, 27. Julio Jones, he's 30. Antonio Brown, over 30. So I don't even think Odell Beckham Jr. has hit his prime. And then after the game, he said, hey, I'm going to try to hit 24 miles per hour with a touchdown this year. Check out Odell Beckham Jr. after the game. Check this out. Play the clip. And I knew that I was I was going to be out of there if my hamstrings could hold up. They, for some reason tonight, it was just – they were tight. I, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it all the way to the end zone, um, but God willing, I did. What were your what was your feelings about what Greg Williams said the other day about – he basically said he didn't think you were one of the league's most dynamic players. Who? <laughs> Who's – oh. Um, and to me, the real takeaway with this Browns team is that they're just not there yet. If you're expecting this Cleveland Browns team to make a deep run of the playoffs or even make the playoffs, I think you need to temper those expectations just a little bit. And it starts with Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield last night, 19 of 35. Yes, he threw over 300 yards, but a lot of that, a big chunk, came on that 89-yard touchdown to OBJ. But 19 of 35 and another interception, his 68.9 passer rating for the season is currently the 30th best in the NFL. So the Browns have gone away with what made them a potent offense and what made their offense dynamic late last year. The play action, the run pass options, those up-tempo drives are replaced with this predictable style of offense where they're just not getting enough on the ground from Chubb. And also, that offensive line is just not there yet. They made some trades up front, and you're starting to see it really hurt this team. And to me, they got those dynamic playmakers. And Baker Mayfield, still I see a lot of promise and potential in Baker Mayfield. But to me, the Browns are an offensive line away from being a playoff team. If you see their playoffs, their schedule coming up, they're sitting at one and one, but look at this schedule. They play the Rams. They host the Rams at Baltimore at the 49ers. Now, the 49ers are for real. Take note on San Francisco. Then they host the Seattle Seahawks. Then they have a bye, and then they go to New England. Every single team in the upcoming schedule of the Browns is 2-0. So that is a murderer's row for this Cleveland Brown team. And I'm saying, hey, this year is a development year. They're still soul-searching on offense. And yes, I think ultimately it'll get humming. But Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you, he's back there and he's throwing hospital balls all day. If you don't know what a hospital ball is, it's a ball that gets your receiver in the hospital because he's throwing it in between safeties and he's really going to get OBJ and Jarvis Landry hurt if he doesn't start throwing guys open. So I really want to see a, a, a ne the next couple of games for Baker Mayfield. I want to start to see what I saw late last season. So to me, 8-8 eight and eight is a good year for the Browns. 9-7 and seven is a great year, a very great year 
for the Browns. But I would not be surprised one bit if they finish 7-9 or 6-10. So the Browns, they have a lot of work to do, but OBJ is special, and they're going to be an exciting team to watch. But I still think they're a couple of years away, the Cleveland Browns, right now. But do not sleep on Cleveland just yet. I do think 8-8. Eight and eight, if they can get to 9-7, and seven, who knows? They could be dangerous. And then as they take Freddie Kitchens and that system and they start to, to build a chemistry with OBJ and Baker Mayfield. But a fun game for the Browns. The Jets, they're an absolute disaster. But that's Monday Night Football from last night. And a couple news and notes around the NFL. One, the New York Giants have announced that Daniel Jones will be starting in place of Eli Manning. And the number six pick out of Duke just goes to show, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, no matter what the organization says, hey, we're going to let him sit. We're going to let him observe. We're going to let him absorb. No way. He's going to play sooner than later. And in this case, it's week three. And if you're a Giants fan, look, Eli Manning, two Super Bowls, okay, the best, one of the best moments ever, the catch off David Tyree. He has done his thing for New York. He's a legend for the Giants, but it is about damn time. And I applaud the Maras and the Giants for doing this early. You know, they were being very protective with Eli Manning with how they were going to change the guard in New York, and they did it swiftly, and it's time. I want to see him and Saquon Barkley see what they can do. And if you're Daniel Jones, you watched last night's game, and you got that news, and you were probably saying, hey, I wish I had OBJ to throw to. It would have made my life a lot easier, but that is not the case. But he will get his start for the Giants. And then Big Ben Roethlisberger, sad news out of Pittsburgh. He's going to be out for the entire season after having to undergo elbow surgery. It did not look good. Now, something a little eerie, if you remember, and I just watched the football life with Terry Bradshaw. It was an elbow injury that ended his career. And to me, this will do the same for Ben Roethlisberger. He might come back, might be serviceable, but I truly believe this is the beginning of the end for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. I don't see him coming back and being an all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback that can lead this Steelers team into the playoffs. Now, the question is, if you're a Steelers fan, how do you feel about Rudolph? Well, it's clear that the Steelers organization, they feel very good about him because they make that trade for Mika Fitzpatrick. He gets traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers, and he's on a very favorable rookie contract. But now you're in a position where, hey, this better work out with Rudolph because, yes, Roethlisberger, he said he's going to come back next year. And he was quoted saying, I'm completely determined to battle through this challenge and come back stronger than ever next season. The Steelers committed three years to me this offseason, and I fully intend to honor my contract and reward them with championship-level play. I will do all I can to support Mason and the team this season to help win games. I love this game, my teammates, the Steelers organization, and fans, and I feel in my heart I have a lot left to give. So the football gods know no mercy when it comes to this season and injuries. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, you got injuries galore, and it looks like this could be the year of the backup. Now, if you're a Steelers fan, I'm telling you, Mason Rudolph is a guy that you have to give a chance to. He went 12 of 19, two touchdowns, and had a much better game than Ben Roethlisberger. I really like what I see out of him. I think that he could lead this team to the playoffs. So do not 
Dude, I saw Stephen A. Smith. He was crying on first take because, but look, you got to watch the tape on Mason Rudolph. This guy's got an arm. This guy's got talent. They ticked him out of the, they plucked him out of the third round out of Oklahoma State a couple years ago, threw for almost 5,000 yards. This guy can sling it. So do not sleep on Mason Rudolph. And the big bombshell news over the weekend, too, was that Jalen Ramsey, he got into it with head coach Doug Marone. They got into a real big scuffle on the sideline. Here, check this out. Play the clip. Just didn't work. What yeah. Doug, can you explain what led to the disagreement between you and Jalen Ramsey and several of the players in the first half? Um, I, there was a lot of motion in the game, I'm sure. I, I don't know. I can't, re- I can't recall. Did, was there a reason that you didn't challenge? Did Jalen want you to challenge the? Yeah, we have a process. I think that we've done a very good job. I think you know, since I've been the head coach, obviously we're the best ones at winning them, right? So we have a process that we have to confirm it because timeouts are big, and we had no one that was able to confirm whether the ball was knocked out or not, and I couldn't see it because he had it back to me. Now, from that video, you have to say, look, when you try to put hands on coach, that's a wrap. It's time to move on, and he's not threatening to sit out. He's just asking for a trade, and I really think that he needs to go to an organization that's going to match his intensity, match his will, because there's no doubt about it. Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the NFL, and I think a team like the Seattle Seahawks, I want to see him go to Seattle and join guys like Bobby Wagner, join guys like... Jadavion Clowney. Now, you're going to have to pay him after 2020, but you could be looking at the Legion of Boom 2.0 if he goes to Seattle. Now, if you look at his contract, he's paid $13.7 million on a team option from 2020. Then he's going to be a free agent, and you know when he's going to be a free agent, he's just going to say, hey, make me the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, and we're not going to talk until you're willing to do that. So if you make a trade for Jalen Ramsey, expect to pay him as the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. But I'm telling you, this is a guy who you got to take. He has the fifth lowest completion percentage against in the NFL, but guys don't really challenge him. Guys do not go to his side, and to me, he's the best cornerback in the NFL since Darrell Revis. Jalen Ramsey is that special. He's got those ball skills, can really lock down one side of the field, and to me, his value has skyrocketed. I think you're going to see a lot of teams go after Jalen Ramsey. Of course, naturally, you hear the memes, people saying, oh, he's going to go to New England. I think a team like the Seattle Seahawks moves in on him, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, but that ship has sailed for Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville. They got dogs on that team. Trust me, Miles Jack is a dog, but now you got you got Gardner Minshew and that Jaguars offense. They could be dynamic, but he's going to be frustrated all season long. It's going to build, and to me, it just comes down to this. To me, if you're Jacksonville, how committed are you to Doug Marone? Because if you're not that committed to Doug Marone, I think it's easy. I think you say, hey, we're committed to Jalen Ramsey because we've seen what a top cornerback can do in this league. And to me, I would I would definitely consider the relationship with Doug Marone. But it looks like that relationship is unsalvageable between the two. But to me, I'm all about the player first. We can find the head coach later and I would definitely move on on Doug Marone before I would Jalen Ramsey. Or I would say, hey, Doug Marone, you better smooth things out. Part of your job as a head coach in this league is getting things right with your players, and he's a special talent. So find a way to make it work, or we may have to move on from you. But that's where I stand on Jalen Ramsey. I 
think I want to see him in Seattle or Baltimore. Either way, he's worth the first-round pick that the Jags are, are, are wanting for him. The Jags want a first round and something else, maybe a high-level player or another pick in a later round. But when you saw what Minka Fitzpatrick got, you definitely got to give that first-round pick for the best cornerback in the NFL. And then how about the New England Patriots? The Patriots look like they're determined to make another run at an undefeated season like they did in 2007. So they follow up that 33-3 drubbing against the Pittsburgh Steelers with a 43-0 blowout against the Miami Dolphins. Yes, it's the Miami Dolphins. We know how bad their season's going, but they've outscored their two opponents by 73 points, okay? If you, to consider that no team in NFL history has outscored its opponents by 73 points or more during its first two games since 1975. So has it happened since 1975, and this Patriots team has only had a top 10 defense under Bill Belichick once, and that was in 2006. Really, they've been middle of the pack in most of these Super Bowl years, but it looks like they have a top 10 defense. By every metric, their defense is the best defense in the NFL by the first two games. They've even had 14 points, two pick sixes in that span. So that Patriots defense looks like it's much improved from last year. They look like they're going to be top 10. But you know what you guys came to talk about, of course, is Antonio Brown. You want to know how did Antonio Brown fare in his Patriots debut? And he caught four balls, 56 yards, a 20-yard touchdown. Really would have been two touchdowns had it not been for an underthrown ball by Tom Brady. But they were targeting him quite a bit. They targeted him on 56 of its routes, and that comes with a limited understanding of this complicated Patriots offense. So expect him to get more of a role moving forward if he can stay on the field. You know we don't have enough time to get into all that Antonio Brown drama. That's like a two-part, three-hour special. But I'm telling you, Antonio Brown, if you can stay on the field and be a part of this Patriots offense, this can be the most special Patriots offense since 2007 when they had Randy Moss. You got Edelman. You got Josh Gordon. Who knows? Gronk could come back. That's still on the table. But Antonio Brown, look, I, if I'm Antonio Brown, he scored that touchdown, I don't even jump into the stands because you never know what could happen. Don't even jump into the stands. Take on some hobbies. Learn how to cook a steak. Read some books. Find a show to binge. Do something, but you better lay low Antonio Brown because look, you stay on this team, you could be putting up historic numbers with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is 42 years old, and he looks like he's still in the conversation for best quarterbacks in the NFL. Of course, the best quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. I want to give a special shout-out to Patrick Mahomes. He turns 24 today. He's only 24, and the the Chiefs, they just didn't score any points in the first quarter against the Raiders. He dropped four TDs, 278 yards in that second quarter against the, against the Oakland Raiders. I actually picked the Raiders to win that one, but the Chiefs, they started smoking him with Patrick Mahomes. And I'm telling you, Patrick Mahomes is going to wreck this league for the next decade and a half, and he has the best arm in the NFL since Dan Marino. But that is going to do it for episode 44 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me at DMAC underscore LA. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the pod, and then also drop your takes right down below in that comment section.
I want all your takes on all of today's topics right down below. Don't forget to like and subscribe to get more sports. See you guys next time, and I'm out.